not. <laughs> We're new to this. And to any podcast listeners that are listening to this that do not belong to the group, um, this is going to be new for you, too. This is the recording of our group study on the book of Psalms. We are calling it A Journey Through David's Prayer Journal. Um, and if you have been listening on the podcast and are not familiar with our group, you can find us on Facebook at Leaving It At His Feet Every Day. Um, it is a private group, so you will have to find the public group and request to join. Also, a new thing, especially for those of you who are doing the study. Um, I had mentioned about being able to message with questions, um, thoughts, perspectives, any nuggets, anything that you wanted to share. Um, I did set up a new email account specifically for the group. It is leaving it at his feet every day at gmail.com. I will put a link to that in the comments. Um, it's all one word. It's all lowercase. For those of you who are listening to the podcast who are interested in joining the group and are having trouble doing so, feel free to email. Tell me you're from the podcast, and I will take care of adding you to the group. Do we have people here? Oh, okay. Yay. Okay. Mama's here and Rhonda's. Hi. Mm -hmm. All right. Good deal. Good deal. We are seeing comments, y'all. We are in business. <laughs> I'm so excited because we've had so many issues with technical difficulties. Um, right before I went live, the whole screen just went black. I call it the black screen of death. Um, we, we've really had a lot of, of interference with getting this started, but that usually tells me that we're on the right track. So that kind of actually excites me a little bit. So I think that's all the business we had, right? Okay, I think we got all that out of the way. So I think I'm going to go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, and then we're just going to dive right on in. Father, I come to you today. I am just so excited and I am so humbled and that you would just give me this idea and allow me to be part of something that I think is going to be so enriching to people's lives, Father. I pray that it's eye-opening. I pray that it's comforting. I pray that it just fills people with hope and determination. You know that this world is filled with so much ugliness and wickedness, Lord. I have seen unbelievably wicked and disgusting things play out in just the past few days lord it just it's overtaking this world and people are getting under the circumstances where they're getting overwhelmed they're being deceived they they're being filled with hate and bitterness and i just pray father that they could return to your word the simplicity and the beauty of your word the truth that is there and that they will see that truth, that their eyes will be opened to what is real, that they will just be filled with your truth and with your love, with your hope and your strength and your encouragement. And I just pray that through this study, that that can begin. I pray that you will speak to the hearts and minds of each and every one that listens to this word. I pray that they're getting into the word for themselves and that you are able to speak to them individually and personally through it. I ask, Father, that you would just bless each and every person here. I pray that you will bless this word and this study, and that you will speak through me the words that you know they need to hear. I thank you so much for your many blessings, and I ask all of this in Jesus' most precious and mighty name. Amen. Okay, so we are starting off, as y'all know, the book of Psalms. We covered Psalms 1, which was very short six verses, but these verses were just packed with all kinds of good stuff. Um, and I'm very excited to hear what kind of good stuff you might have gotten. Um, but to start off with, I think you had something you wanted to share about the book of Psalms. Yes. I was reading some of the backgrounds on the Psalms, and for one thing, in the past, I thought they were all written by David. I hadn't realized that you know, there were some by Solomon, even at least one by Moses. Mm -hmm. And so this is all throughout history, like all of these different situations and circumstances. And that's part of why it applies to so many people at different times, I think. But what I really thought was interesting was that the compilation, the gathering together of the Psalms, was finalized in um, the time of Ezra. 
which means that the captives, the exiles, you know, coming back from Babylon, this would have been something that they could read at that time. And I think that would have been really, really encouraging to them. And it would help to kind of remind and immerse them in appropriate uh, prayer and worship after a time when that would have been stifled and maybe, you know, they'd never even been in Jerusalem. And I thought that had a really good exposition. Yes. And very applicable to where a lot of people are at right now. Um, I don't know if y'all have had the chance to read the um, the pinned post at the top that we did yesterday that um, my mom, Debbie Sibley, had posted. She had taken it out of a women's devotional Bible, and it was so spot on with where a lot of people are today and what she's discovering, I mean, uh, excuse me, what she is sharing um, that these people would have been, you know, um, and today we as Christians are being more and more persecuted. Our ideals, our morals, our values, our thoughts, our beliefs are being attacked. Um, one by one, they're all being taken away and we're, we're kind of being, in a sense, in exile. Um but a lot of us just as individuals kind of feel like we're in exile and being persecuted. Um, and when you are a Christian, that's going to happen, as you know, that Satan's going to attack. Um, and he always, as we learned with our last study, he always attacks in the places that he knows we are the most vulnerable, where we are weakest, where um, we are most likely to buckle under. And I don't think there's one person here who could say that they, they could not relate to the things written in that post and what this book is all about and what this study is all about. Because what this study is all about is that every one of us are facing situations in our life right now as these people were. Maybe not quite on the same level as they did, but it feels just as bad. Um, we've all experienced pain and loss and hardship and hurt, um, betrayal and feeling lost. Um, facing an unknown, goodness knows, we're, we're in that situation right now, um, just not really knowing where to go or what to do or, or where to turn or who to turn to, and that is what this study is all about. Um, as I said before, I feel very strongly that we need to go into the Word and learn for ourselves. Let Him speak directly to us, ourselves. Um... Before we dive in, unless did you have more you wanted to add? Um, okay, she's ready. I'm ready. Y'all ready? <laughs> um, I, I, I will be reading the verses before we discuss them. Um, I wanted to remind those who did see the video and to inform those who did not see the video that my version is going to sound different from your version as I am reading from the scriptures. Um. I also wanted to clarify for anyone who may be a little confused. Um, I did put the link for the scriptures at the request of one of the members. Um, you may see that it is um, from the, uh, I believe it's the, Insta the Institute of Scripture Research, ISR, and it's a messianic.org. I didn't want anyone to see that messianic and think that I had converted to Jewish. No, I did not. <laughs> we are not Jewish. We are Christian. Um, I just prefer this translation. Um, you will also hear that as I am reading, uh, I will be reading where it, it, it refers to Yahweh. That is God's name. Um, as it explains in here, God is like me calling her girl or, you know, uh, someone boy. If God is what he is. Yahweh is his name. And so that is the way it is done in this Bible. So when you hear me say that, once again, do not think that I've converted to Judaism. I did not. That is just the way that it is written here. And that's the way it is explained. So... <clears throat> Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to start with Psalm 1, verse 1. Oh, I see our theme went off here, so I can't see comments. Let me get it back on. Yeah. Please forgive our technological difficulties. 
Yes, ma'am, it's Rhonda. That absolutely it was the enemy trying to stop us, and I've had that happen to me more than once. That's how I know I'm on the right track, though, and it makes me more determined than ever. And yes, apathy would be the word for this today. Yes. Okay, so Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the wrong, and shall not stand in the path of sinners, and shall not sit in the seat of scoffers. So, Sierra, would you like to begin with what you got from that? Well, the, oh, Words of the Light book actually has one of my favorite things from that book is on this segment. Um, you see it has kind of a triple clause, more of that parallelism coming in. And obviously the, the main meaning that is just coming forth to me is uh, a big thing in this is bringing out how much more desirable, like, just the, the joy and the satisfaction in the lifestyles that comes from just being on the right path with him. And that's in contrast to the path of the wicked. And the three main words that we find in these different clauses, you notice they have the counsel and the seat, as well as the way or the path. There's kind of a, um, like a legislative thing going on here. You'll find that referenced again later. It has a lot to do with like law terms, like counsel is a legislative term. And then they point out uh, sitting in the seat. In the Old Testament, to sit in the seat or the gate refers to often to being a member of a town council, like an entire town council of wicked people. Hmm, and we can kind of know something about that, don't we? So, I wanted to, like, just me summarizing it, I don't think it would be as good, so I wanted to read their actual part on this, which they call a progression, progressive paralysis of evil. I have the right page, but I didn't like the part of the page. Okay. There is a subtle progression at work in these three parallel clauses. There is a progressive paralysis of evil as we move from walking to standing to sitting. The three verbs. More significantly, there is a progressive identification with evil. To walk down a path implies individual compliance with evil. To stand in the way implies participation as a member of a group. And to sit in the seat implies active involvement in determining the evil that pervades the society. Kind of implies getting more comfortable with it, too. Yes. You know, from walking to stopping, standing, and then you just have a seat and get comfortable. You know, like you, you got more comfortable with the evilness. That was my idea. Like, you can imagine, it's like you're just walking by and you kind of see things going on and you're just kind of like flirting around with it. Just kind of walking along. And then you're like, hey, this looks kind of interesting. You stand, you stop and you stand there. And then you just completely give yourself over to it. You just sit down and stay. So, their, you know, their arrangement of those verses and their verb choice was very clever, in my opinion. Interesting. <clears throat> I don't think I ever would have noticed that. Me neither. <laughs> That's yeah. why I love this book. Okay. For those who didn't see the first video, once again, this is backwards. Words of Delight <laughs> by, <laughs> by Leland Reichen, which is, it involves some um, literary analysis of the Bible, and if you approach it from a literary standpoint, you can, it kind of helps you to look for the poetic devices and arrangement that's being used, and those can be kind of clues to the meaning. Also, the Bible sort of how long. Mm. That, that that shows that you've used it a lot. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's totally a good thing. So what did you bring? Okay. Well, I did mine. I approached a little differently, but I think that's good because that way y'all can get different perspectives. Um, I broke mine down a little bit um, because for me, when I read verses, especially if I'm meditating on them, um, certain phrases or words will pop out to me. And so that's what I did. Um, so for 
where it says the counsel of the wrong, okay? It tells us that um, blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the wrong. So the phrase counsel of the wrong stood out to me, like, who is the counsel of the wrong, okay? So I took it, those who give you advice that goes against Yahweh's law, counsel being advice, okay? So if you go to someone, you run something by them, talk to them about something, and they give you counsel, they give you advice, but it goes against what Yahweh has told us. It goes against his law. Um, and this could be anything from worldly influence. This could be the media. That plays a huge part in what influences today. No matter how much you might think otherwise, everything that we hear, everything from TV to um, music that we listen to on the radio, um, movies that we watch, um, you know, even commercials, even billboard signs, all of it has an influence on us. It gets in there. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. Um, there is no big surprise that so many of the agendas um, that are out there today are played out through media. Um, it could be um, advice or influence on how to dress, how to speak, how to act. Um, focus on climbing the corporate ladder versus your um, your walk with God or your family or your children. Um, focus on material possessions and, and gaining more of them, bigger and better. Um, it could even be from well-meaning family and friends. Okay. Um, there's, there's always going to be that within your family and within your friendships that everybody is not on the same page. And they might mean... The very best, but if it goes against with what Yahweh's laws or are and what He's telling you, then that is not wise counsel. That that is wrong um, counsel. It is wrong advice. It may even sound like good advice. How many times have we come across something sounds good, something looks good? Um, I mean, think about it. Satan isn't going to tempt you with something that looks filthy and disgusting, okay? If it's blatantly, obviously wicked, you're not going to, oh, yeah, I want that, you know? It's going to look good, okay? That is how we're tempted in the first place. It's shiny, it's pretty, it's sparkly, it's covered in glitter. Um, you what want it. say about Splenda? <laughs> <laughs> looks like sugar, it tastes like sugar. It's not sugar. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm kind of thinking of the glitter thing. It looks all sparkly, but that is some evil, wicked stuff, that glitter, let me tell you. Oh, <laughs> so. oh, that's a good point. And, and it certainly gets everywhere, and you think it's gone, and it's still there. Very good. Very good. And it Very gets And it spreads. Yes, it spreads. Very good. Okay, so glitter, y'all. Glitter. Satan will tempt you with glitter. But, okay, so it, it might sound like good advice. It might look like it's wise counsel, but if it does not line up with Yahweh's law, it is not best. Good is the enemy of best. We want best. How do we get that? We have to go to the Word, and we have to see what His Word is, what He says, what His laws. That is how you get best. So, if it doesn't line up with what He says, it is not best, and you will miss your blessing. Okay, that's what it starts off with. Blessed is the man who shall not walk in the counsel of the wrong. You will miss your blessing if you follow this advice, no matter how good it might sound. And things are most likely not going to end well. Something we've been covering a lot lately in our studies. It, it's not going to end well. Um, when we decide to take things into our own hands, and do things the way that we think is best, regardless of what he says, things don't end well. His word is full of examples of that. So then we go to the next part where it says, <clears throat> um, and shall not stand in the path of sinners. Okay, stand in the path of sinners. We have two paths, right? Okay, two paths to choose from. We've heard this pretty much our whole life. You know, we have the wide one, everybody goes through because that's the easy one right and that's easy uh it's usually full of glitter <laughs> it's very tempting it's where everybody else is going it's what everybody else is doing and everybody's like come along come with me you know okay and then we have that narrow one 
that narrow one that's much harder to get through and you're not as popular when you go through it um there's a lot of difficulty getting through that one so we have obviously the path of sinners and the path of righteous whether we're aware of it or not every single choice we make every single day determines the path that we're on think about it you're walking along this path you're doing good okay glitter start sprinkling okay you have a choice in that moment and it, it might be a small tiny thing it might be a big huge thing um and it can literally happen at every second of the day but every even your thoughts okay even your thoughts your thoughts your words your, your thoughts control your words and your actions right so it starts there which is why we need to be in here because it's what you're reading in here that's going to go in here that's going to control every single thing else that you do. And I just said that completely backwards. <laughs> every other thing that you do, okay, it's going to control that. It's going to determine that. And every one of those choices that we make, from what we think about to how we choose to spend our time to the words that we say to others and even to ourselves, um, that's a big thing too, the words that we say to ourselves, our private thoughts. Um, to, yes, the big decisions, you know, what um, job we're going to take, what house we're going to buy, what church we're going to go to, what people we're going to decide to have friendships with uh, or relationships with. Uh, every single choice, no matter how little or how big, determines what path we're going to stay on. Whether it's the right one or whether it's the wrong one, we can veer a little bit. But our choices and decisions can bring us back. Or it can bring us further and further and further away from that path. But every one of them. Making choices that don't line up with Yahweh's law will lead us down the path of sinners. And as we said before, that never ends well. We don't want to be standing in the same path as the sinners. It's never going to end well. So then we go into sitting in the seat of scoffers. Okay, shall not sit in the seat of scoffers. Who are scoffers? Those are the ones that mock Yahweh and his laws. Those who don't believe that he exists. They don't believe in him, therefore they don't believe in his laws. I'm sorry, I keep hitting you. I'm sorry, I talk with my hands. I'm a Louisiana girl. That's what happens. <laughs> um, those who do not accept him or his laws. By joining in with them, and this is this is a crucial thing because um, so many times we think that in order to not engage in conflict, to not start a fight, to not start a problem, we actually, by just sitting back and not saying anything, by just observing it and just saying, oh, well, you know, it's not hurting anybody, it's not you, we let it go, we're actually participating in it. By joining in with them, participating in their mocking, scoffing, conversations, jokes, etc., or pretending that you don't believe, okay, that, that happens a lot of times because at the risk of being mocked or humiliated or worse ourselves, we'll pretend that we don't believe. I mean, this has been since the beginning. I mean, hello, Peter. Um, <clears throat> since the beginning, deny him. But yes, even standing there and saying nothing but continuing to hang out with these people and associate with them gives the appearance that you agree and you're okay with this. You know, let's go back to the part where it says removing the appearance of all evil. If you are associating with people who are doing this, if you hear them and see them do this and you say nothing and you continue to stay and associate with these people, you are participating in it. It might be a passive participation, but it's participation nonetheless. You stand up or you walk away. Either way, it's standing up. By continuing to sit in that seat, as she talked about, you got comfortable. You sat in that seat. You're now actively taking part in it. So you're just as guilty. All of this firmly plants you in the same seat. You've put yourself in the seat of scoffers. And we um, may also, uh, sorry. <laughs> we may also think that 
um, by going around associating in, in groups like this that it won't have any effect on us. That, you know, you'll stay the same with all of your beliefs and everything, but you don't always realize how much you can be influenced. Exactly. I've been astonished a few times in my life when I've realized how much something influenced me, how much something had gotten deeply ingrained in my mind <clears throat> or in my heart just simply from hearing it even just one time or seeing something just one time. I mean, stop. If, if you don't believe that, pick one thing and try to forget it. Just pick one thing that you listened to, that you saw, um, that you received in whatever way that you think is not exactly wholesome or good or in line with God's word or your beliefs and then try to forget it. Because actually just the opposite happens. Because you're focusing on it, you just ingrained it some more. It's, it's, it is amazing, astonishing, and not very good. And that's why we have to be so very, very careful about what we let in. Um, so just to add to that real quick before we move on to, oh, I'm sorry, it shut down again, didn't it? Um, <clears throat> we might have, oh my, we didn't miss all sorts of things. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, she said the video was messing up. Is it fixed now? I'm not seeing anything on our end where it messed up. If someone could tell us if it's, if it's fixed. Let's see. Very good point. Very good point. Um, in the case y'all aren't reading the comments here, um, Debbie Sidley, she said um, the word stand gave her pause, and that happened to her sometimes. So she looked it up in the strong concordance, which is, by the way, if you don't have one, it's a very, very good tool to have. Um, and she said that... Um, it was not the encouraging, positive meaning that she usually gets. She, was, um, she likes when when we've done all else stands, but it is used like remain, continue. So we are not to remain or continue in the sinner's path, but seek the Lord's path. So, Thank yeah. you for having that. Thank you, yes. Um, oh, Miss Donna, you talk with your hands too. <laughs> it must just be a southern thing then, not just a Louisiana thing. <laughs> uh, oh. My mom was telling on me it's an excuse. Um, okay, so to add to, now that hopefully we've caught up with that, we're going to have to start refreshing this so we'll see those as they come in. Um, and you cannot unsee something. No, you cannot <laughs> unsee something. Um, I wanted to add a quote from a devotional that I was reading. I don't know how many of y'all this happens to, but often when I am um, studying something, I have things come up in devotionals and podcasts and sermons and stuff that just kind of add to what I'm reading. And I love, I absolutely love when that happens. Um, it says, if we are going to live godly lives, then we have to make sure that we don't get the last word. Our friends don't get the last word, but God's word gets the last word. To sum this up, if we want to live in Yahweh's approval and his blessing, <clears throat> We must live according to his law and his word. How do we do that? By knowing his word intimately. How do we do that? We get in his word. We stay in his word. And we study it. And we meditate on it day and night. Me, that sums up first one. <laughs> I know it was a short verse, but I got a lot from it. <laughs> That's where I was. That, I feel like that's probably one of the most information-packed ones there. Yeah, got a lot from it. As far as the meditating on it day and night, I'm you know, saying that the person's delight is in Yahweh's instruction. I definitely think that when something delights you, you're more likely to think about it more frequently. But you meditate on it a lot. Mm. Okay, good. They said the video's working fine now. Okay, good deal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, are you ready to move on to verse 2? Yeah, we didn't actually read that yet, did we? No, because we, we haven't got to. Day and night. I should have saved that. <laughs> oh, well, I had said it. Um, so, 
Yeah, we haven't got to that yet. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, well. So, okay, so verse 2. But his delight is in the Torah of Yahweh, and he meditates in his Torah day and night. Um, <clears throat> so basically his law. The Torah means law. That's all it is. Um, again, not a Jewish thing, not converted. Torah just means his law. He meditated in his law day and night. So go ahead. <clears throat> I think the mention of his law is um, kind of part of the balance of the contrast. Um, because immediately, like it even starts out saying, instead, this whole psalm is really based on contrast and the two choices and the two paths. And the mention of his law, I feel like, is kind of already a callback to the very verse before it when they're talking about terms like the council and, you know, the legislative seat and everything. So it's kind of like, by what rules will we play? That's part of the truth. His rules. I mean, by which rules? His rules or the world's rules or exactly. our rules? Yeah. Sorry, more? sorry, that was kind of my main thing. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> Just waiting. Okay. Okay. Um. <clears throat> All right. Well, once again, um, it starts off with right off the bat talking about delighting in Yahweh's laws, and that just, you know, kind of like my mom had said, giving pause for thought. That gave me pause for thought. Delight in Yahweh's law, and of course, the first thing that came into my mind is, do I truly delight in it? Do I truly delight in his law? I mean, I think that's something we should all stop and think about. And my next question is, why would I delight in it? I mean, I think in this world, and it's really heavily promoted to us, talking about those things that are promoted to us, that heavily influence us, what is one of the big things that we get today? You do you. You do you. What makes you happy? Self-love, self-promotion, self-care. I mean, everything is all about you, 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 and doing what makes you happy. Complete opposite of what God's Word tells us to do. Um, so if we look at things from that perspective, it's no wonder that so many people completely balk at God's word, especially if you refer to it as his law. Nobody likes law. Everybody wants to rebel against that. Um, why? Because it takes away what they want. At least that's the way they're looking at it. But when I ask myself the question, why? Why would I delight in it? Well, because what I'm reading, what, what's in my Bible, tells me that his law protects me. It ensures that I'm going to receive his best. Not the world's good, but his best. And that I will receive his blessing if I do this. And I'm sorry, but I can't think of anything. And this actually, no, I'm not sorry. I can't think of anything, anything that this world has to offer me that is better than his blessing. Because his blessing always gives me everything that I need and then some. And then some. It, it amazes me how much more abundantly he gives us than what we ever ask for or than what we ever need. But the number one reason, the number one reason that I should delight in his law is because if we, excuse me, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead, because I love him and he is in me. If he is truly in you, then you should just naturally delight in that. Anything from him, anything of him, you just you should naturally delight in it. And if we truly love him, we'll want to follow his law. And if he is in us, then his ways are going to be our ways, right? If he's truly in there, if he's in your heart, his ways are going to be our ways. And we will naturally delight in them. So my next thought was, okay, it goes on and it says, And he meditates in his Torah day and night. So do I? Do I meditate on it day and night? That is another question that we should all be asking. Every day, I'm just I'm, I'm going to be honest and real with all of you. Every day, yes, every day, I make sure that I'm in His work. But day and night, I can't say that so much. Um, 
So how do I do this? How do I make sure that I'm getting into his word every day and that I'm doing it day and night? I get in his word and I stay there. You know, just like we were talking about how there are so many different forms of the way that the world gets into us, whether it's music, whether it's uh, television, whether it's books that we're reading, um, whether it's the people that we're associating to, I mean, with or talking to. This is how the world gets in. Well, this is also how he can get in. So, again, it's through the choices that we make. Um, what kind of books are you reading? What kind of music are you listening to? What kind of television programming are you watching? Uh, what kind of people are you associating with? What kind of places are you going to? All of this, it goes back to what we said in the beginning. Each and every choice and decision that we make determines which path we're going to be on. So if you are making choices that what you are letting into you is a, it lines up with God's word, it's helping to teach you God's word, it's helping to get that into your head and into your heart, then this is a way that you can literally be meditating on his word day and night. Listen to music that is filled with scripture. Read books that are filled with scripture or that uh, teach the morals and values of scripture. Associate with people who are going to um, encourage that in you and, and have discussions like we have all the time where we are sharing what we learn from God's word and perspectives. Um, involve yourself in activities like this where you can surround yourself with other people who... Um, can build that up in you and encourage you in that. Make sure that the people that you're associating with are of a like mind in this and are going to help you. And when you're starting to veer off that path a little bit, that they'll help to push you right back where you're supposed to be, you know, not to help lead you further from it. Um, this, this is how we are able to meditate on it day and night. Um, I think when we hear that verse, we take it literally that you're literally spending 24 hours a day just sitting there reading the word. And while, yes, that would be an amazingly wonderful thing to do, I think we all know that that's not very realistic when you have children to take care of and a household to run and jobs to do. But there are so many other ways that it can be done. If the world can get into your head and your heart that way, then so can the word. The choice. So that's all I had on that verse. Anything <laughs> you wanted to add? I think also that uh, when you do delight in His Word, that you'll start, you know, becoming familiar and remembering what He says in it more often. And so even when you don't have the Bible right in front of you those verses and, and his laws and all will still come into your mind, especially exactly when you need them, and you truly can meditate on them at any time. Yes, that's the Holy Spirit. He tells you if you'll put, put his word in your heart, that the Holy Spirit will bring it to mind when you need it. And that's it. That's where it goes into, once again, that his, his law protects us. You know, I can't count the number of times that I have found myself in a situation where my circumstances were getting the better of me. Um, I, I would start to get underneath them or feel overwhelmed or um, start to feel bitterness or hurt or um, my head start to fill up with lies. But then his word would come to me and remind me of the truth of the matter. It's amazing how we can be looking at a situation and all those lies that we know in our heart of heart or lives start to take over and we start to kind of follow that path. You know, your, your, your mind starts to go down that path and things start to look worse and worse and worse. And you're just, you're, you can feel yourself just getting, you know, completely out of control with it. And then suddenly you remember God's word and everything just like, it's literally almost like you saw this illusion just wipe away. Like there was a film over it and, and you saw something different and then it just it went away and you saw things as they really were. And it, it's just it's astonishing. But yes, that's what his truth does for us. So again, why we need to say in his word, um, it protects us. It protects us. Miss Donald does not watch TV anymore. Well, good for you. <laughs> Many times I have wanted to get rid of the televisions in our house, but I'm very, very 
uh, outvoted on that one. But we do only watch Pure Flix um, and programs that align with that in this house. We don't allow anything else. We don't have satellite. We don't have cable. Um, we keep a lot of control over what is in this house. But, um, yeah, I'd like to just do away with them all together if I could. But, um, like I said, I'm kind of outvoted on that one. <laughs> so we do what we can do. Um, but good for you, Miss Donna. <laughs> um, that, that television is a big way, a big way that the world comes in. You have to be, I mean, it's like nothing is safe anymore with what comes in on this program. You can't trust the ratings of anything anymore. Um, I find that children's programming is one of the biggest targets for the evilness of this world being portrayed and, and taught as it's totally acceptable and even applauded. Um, you just, you really, you can't trust anything. You have to, to verify it for yourself. Um, I like this. Your truth should be the deciding factor. His word and truth, yeah, should be the deciding factor. Exactly. <clears throat> okay, so you ready to move to verse three? Yeah, I'm ready. I like this one a lot. All right, verse three. For he shall be as a tree planted by the rivers of water that yields its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. That is ideal. This is where it really starts getting into the, the poetic word pictures. And it's using the metaphors from nature to highlight just how ideal and desirable it is. Um, it's this picture of slush, vibrant health and life, which, as we'll see, really contrasts with the next part later on. But... Yeah, I feel like on the whole, you have this really beautiful picture. And then when you look closer in it, it has a lot of meaning, too. For one thing, just the whole idea of, you know, just this flourishing tree, obviously. You have, like, your roots, you're firmly planted, you're stable. You have this, it just really connotes security and strength. Uh, as mentioned, you know, being beside the streams or the rivers, it's like you have, you know, you're planted right there with that source of nourishment. <laughs> Did you say that too? <laughs> well, I think that's what they're going for, so it wasn't long. <laughs> you have that nourishment right there that's always with you, and that's part of your security. That's what's keeping your life so vital. Uh, the leaf does not wither. You know, there's um, prosperity and endurance. No matter what kind of heat is coming against you, you have that nourishment. The, uh, I really, really like, it always kind of spoke to me, was how it uh, bears the fruit in its season. And one thing that that makes me think of is how scripture kind of plants seeds in you. And it's like they'll, they'll bear that fruit, they'll result in something good at just the right time. And the whole part of in its season, like when we're... When we're walking with him, you know, we have, sometimes it doesn't even feel like anything's going on, but there will be a season for you to bear that fruit that you're meant to have. It will happen in his dream. Exactly. Um, so you did write the same thing. Similar. Um, I actually, um, this was one of the verses I was telling you about that I pulled from our, our recent trip. As most of you know, we just recently went camping in the mountains of North Carolina. Y'all saw our gorgeous pictures. Beautiful, beautiful example of God's artwork. And as she said, the scripture kind of paints a picture for us. Um, but my first thought when I read it was I recall that as we were hiking down one of the trails, because that's what we love to do, we love to hike in the mountains. And um, we had been hiking to uh, Laurel Falls. And I'm sure you remember, um, as we were walking along, they had these cliffs where these trees were growing out of the side of the cliffs. They weren't on the land. They were growing out the side. And you could see all of their roots and everything. And you would think that, you know, with it being on the side like that, that it would actually be um, weak or flimsy, but they were not. And the reason that they were not was because they were so near 
the source. They were right there. They were leaning from one thing because, as many of you know, okay, we're in a national forest. And so there's a lot of canopy above, uh, so much so that it actually rained multiple times while we were hiking and we never felt a drop <laughs> because the canopy was that thick. But because of that, they were reaching for sunlight. So they were growing out sideways, but they were also very, very near the source because that is where <clears throat> the water was running. Like I said, we were hiking to a waterfall, so that's where the water was. Um, so they were planted, going with the, the part of the verse where it says planted by the rivers of waters. These trees, okay, they were large, extremely large. They were beautiful, and they were thriving. That was the thing. You wouldn't think that a tree that's growing out the side of a cliff, that's roots are exposed, would be thriving, but they were thriving. You could tell they were um, they were quite old. They'd been there for a while. They were very strongly rooted and planted. They weren't going anywhere. Why? Because they were by the source of the water. It had everything that it needed. It was reaching out sideways because it needed the sunlight and it needed the source of the water. It had every single thing that it needed. <clears throat> our source of water gives us all we need, okay? If we stay close to him like those trees, we will be strong. We will be well-rooted. We will be unshakable. And we will be thriving. So that's what I got from that. <laughs> I agree, absolutely. Okay. Um, oh, and yeah, my mom even get me started on toys these days. Yeah, she made the comment, stay out of the toy section these days. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm so sick over the things that uh, we have discovered. Just, yeah. Um, she said, good analogy. It's nourished and refreshed. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that one. Yeah. So moving on to Psalms 4. The wrong are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind blows away. Immediate contrast. Yeah. It's like it, like you think about how it makes you feel to read that. It's like it built up this picture of beautiful health and life, and then it's just like, well, you aren't like this. <laughs> it is like yanked it away, and it shows how, once again, the major contrast and how exclusive it is. Um, they're basically continuing the nature metaphor, of course, and the chaff are so, it's so different because it's like it's not strong or firmly rooted or anything. It's fragile, it's impermanent, it's practically dead. Yeah. Um, I guess it is dead. Which is kind of a perfect <laughs> analogy for those who aren't living in, in God. Um, yeah, you're dead. They're so well dead. You're spiritually dead. Yeah. Um, it just kind of blows around in vain. It doesn't really have a purpose. But yes, all people have value as people, but the life that they're living is not, there's no value being created in that. Our whole purpose in life is for him, so without him, exactly. we have no purpose. I mean, it's just such a complete opposite, and I'd say we did a really well-done job demonstrating that. Well, for such a short little verse, I, I got a good bit out of it. Um, once again, continuing with my thought, you know, of seeing those trees alongside the cliff and living in Louisiana, which is a very hurricane-prone state, <laughs> okay, this is where my thoughts went. Um, when reading the part where it says, which the wind blows away, okay, we get a lot of tropical storms, we get a lot of hurricanes, Um Trees, anybody who lives in a state where you are familiar with tropical storms or hurricanes, you know that trees that are not firmly rooted, trees that are far from the water source, are easily swayed, moved, blown over. Okay, that's one of the things that you're concerned about. Anybody who's looking to, to build a home in a hurricane-prone state, one of the first things that you look at in location is, are there a lot of trees near the house? Why are we concerned about this? Because if they are not firmly rooted, if they're far from their source, they're going to be easily blown over. And where are they going to land? In your house. Okay, this is not something that we want. So, um, much like us, okay, that this is much like us. When we are not firmly rooted, 
in his word, when we are far from the source, we are easily blown over. Um, I don't know about y'all, but when I've not spent the time in the word that I need to, when I've not spent my time in prayer and my one-on-one time with him like I need to, I can always tell. I can always tell. I start being swayed by my emotions. Um, I more easily get under my circumstances. My judgment is clouded by my circumstances, like I was talking about a while ago, where, you know, you, you start to listen to those lies. You start to go down that slippery slope. You, you start to see things as they are not really, you know. Um, so your, your judgment is clouded by your circumstances. Anger and bitterness start to creep in. As soon as I start to feel these things, I stop and I think for a minute. When was the last time I got in the Word? When was the last time that I had my good one-on-one time with God? It's always been a bit too long, and you can always tell. You can always tell. So as soon as I get back to His Word, though, and I get back to my time with Him, suddenly I'm at peace and I see things clearly. And that's what I was saying before. You know, it's like that that cloud, that veil, that film, or whatever, that illusion is pushed away, and I start to see things as they really are. I start to see the truth. Uh, and there's no longer cracks for the enemy to get in and to sway me. Because when we're not rooted in the word and we're not near to the source, it leaves these cracks. It leaves a way for the enemy to start to get in and to start to sway you. Um, so once you do that, he can't get in. He can't sway you. He can't move me. He can't take me down. Why? Because I am firmly rooted. I am firmly planted. Again, if anybody that lives in a hurricane-prone state, you have seen these trees, these big old trees that are so firmly rooted they've been growing these roots for literally years upon years upon years and they are so firmly rooted that you can actually watch them blow and they might bend a little bit but they're not going anywhere when it's all said and done they're still standing just as straight they're still just as strong why because they are firmly rooted and they are near their source and we are the same way the enemy can bend us a little bit but he can't break us if we are firmly rooted in the word and we stay near our source. Like the trees, if we stay close to our source, we'll be so strong. Excuse me, we'll be so strongly and deeply rooted that the strongest of blows will not move us. Good. Thank you to our hurricane prone state <laughs> for that analogy. <laughs> Oh, and your mama said, good thought again, Cece. Her thought went to the chaff left on the winnowing floor. It's temporary. That's right. It's temporary. Because that's it's kind of like, you know, that's what the world has. It's temporary. Exactly. And it's only when we have a connection with our creator that we have anything eternal and everlasting. Exactly. This world is temporary. So the ways of this world is temporary and anything that you gain from this world is temporary. So the only way you're going to have anything that's worth any meaning, any purpose, any point that's going to be lasting is going to be from him. So this world has nothing to offer us except for heartache and loss. So, moving on to number five, I actually did not have anything to add to this one, so this one's all you. Number five, therefore the wrong shall not rise in the judgment for sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Oh, and there's some thunder to go with that. Very <laughs> ominous. That's really voting. <laughs> Mainly this, I see the artistry in it, that it's um, kind of echoing the things about standing in the assemblies and such, like there were earlier. And rather it mostly it just kind of makes me think, you know, the, the people who are not on the path with him, that they won't be able to stand with any confidence in the judgment. And they mentioned it, like the assembly of the righteous, they can't like, blend in with the righteous unless they accept salvation, their guilt is going to single them out. Good point. Good point. Um, 
God sees our hearts, and, and, and anybody who has um, spent any time in His Word and uh, have an intimate relationship, you, you might be able to pull them initially, but once you're around them in that congregation with them, um, it's going to come to light. The truth is going to come to light, and you're not going to be able to, to blend. Very true. We have come to the final verse. We're actually doing quite good on time. Um, so verse 6. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous. Pretty much what I was just saying. He knows our heart. But the way of the wrong comes to naught. <laughs> Sucker punch. <laughs> this again firmly puts the picture in my mind of the two paths and it kind of makes me think of just this mark of the of his security that he brings you on his path even if it's a path with the persecution and tribulation you still have that well a path of the wicked lifestyle just leads to destruction and i think you can kind of you know feel that something's not right there that you know where you're actually going and so I just kind of picture like a fork in the road and you have the option to go down one path with the guidance and companionship with a loving parent or you can take the forbidden path alone. You know, they, they told you, you know, like, you have your choice, but I'm not, I'm not on that path. I'm not going with you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The entire... Uh, psalm is just really, once again, built around the contrast, and um, there's so much parallelism, once again, and just really goes back and forth. When you look at it, kind of keeps tugging between positive and negative statements, and I think that the way they set it up that way is kind of part of the meaning, that it just kind of reflects the life and the, the two choices, and the life is choices, and the tension and the struggle between them, between good and evil. And the consequences of the different actions, the destination of which road you take. Yeah, I think it highlights that um, that yeah, it it all boils down to choices that we make. But what I really love, and and I know not everybody sees it this way, and but I do, is that when you get into the word, the choices are so simple. It's not like they sugarcoat it, you know, or they make it confusing, especially in this particular translation. To me, it, like, removes all the sugarcoating. Um, but it, it just it is what it is. He says it like it is. Look, okay, you have this choice, and you can do this, and I'll be with you, and I will protect you, and I will bless you, you know, or you can do this, and things are not going to go so well for you, um, and you're, you're going to do it alone. You know, and you might have all of these people, these worldly people with you, but they, they can't do for you what I can, you know. Um, you, you will not receive my blessing, and you will not receive my protection, um, but you will receive my judgment, you know. Um, it's, it's pretty plain. He's very plain about what's going to happen and what he's going to do. And so, really, if you're staying in your word and you're reading your word, it's a pretty simple choice. Uh, there's going to be temptations. There's going to be glitter, <laughs> okay? But um, that that glitter doesn't even hold a candle to what he can offer us, and that glitter isn't going to save us in the end. Um, you, you can hide under that glitter, but it isn't going to do a, a look of good for you. Were you? Did you have more for that? <laughs> Only that I think um, a separate like a totally separate from this book verse that reminds me of this psalm in Deuteronomy 11 when it's saying, look, today I set before you a blessing and a curse. Hmm. And it goes on you know, to explain, <laughs> if you follow his commands, it will be a blessing. But if you turn away from him, it's a curse. See, very simple, <laughs> very plain, very straightforward. It's not hard to understand. <laughs> it's just as you said it. Um, yeah. Straight out. 
Um, for mine, once again, the verse that caught my attention, it was the way of the wrong comes to naught. Um, this brought to mind, um, you know, we've been studying, um, as a family, we've been studying the book of Genesis. Um, and it's kind of come up again and again throughout the stories that we have read that, you know, when we choose to take matters into our own hands instead of waiting on God, because we're impatient and we start to lose faith um, because we think our way is better um, because his way doesn't look the way that we think it should, etc. You know, insert reasoning here. Whatever reason we decide to take matters into our own hands, things will go very wrong. <laughs> it's inevitable. Things are going to go very wrong. God will allow us to have our way if we keep pushing. But our way are not his way, and he's not going to bless it, and things are going to go very wrong. It still comes down to a choice, and the bottom line is God knows all, and he knows what's best. He can see those things that we cannot see. We have to trust that he knows all and that he wants what's best for us, so therefore his ways are going to be best. And if we stay in his word, and in close relationship with him, he will tell us what is best. <laughs> Thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's in his time, not our time. We have to be patient about it. Um, and if we follow what he says patiently in his time, he will bless it and it will be fruitful. If we take matters into our own hands as if we know better, he will not bless it and your efforts will come to nothing. They will come to nothing. Um, and I think pretty much that sums up this whole chapter. I think this whole chapter, to me, I thought it was interesting how the whole reason I felt the need to do our study this way, where we're actually studying his word rather than someone else's interpretations of the word, um, was because it's so important that we get in his word for ourselves at this time. And I think that this whole at least a perspective that I got from this, was emphasizing that. Get in God's word, stay in his word, study his word, hide it in your heart, make your choices and decisions based from that. If you are doing that, then you are staying near your source. And you will be firmly rooted, firmly planted, and you'll have everything that you need. And when it comes to those decisions that we make every single day, if you line them up against that, you're going to be on the right path, and he's going to bless that. No matter what it might look like, he's going to bless that. And when you have those moments where it might look all ugly and scary, bring that truth to mind, as she was talking about before, you know, in those moments where those, those scriptures come up. He will bring that truth to mind. He'll wipe away that illusion. Um, but I think basically that, that's what this whole chapter was about, was just... Starting off with the basics, get in his word, stay in his word, and line up your every choice, your every thought, your every decision, your every word against that word, and make your decision based off of that. He's pretty plain about it. You're pretty simple. Anything else you wanted to end? Oops, I went off again. My bad. <laughs> well, I kind of thought it was fun while you were talking. Oh, go ahead. She's good with the puns, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know the phrase my way or the highway yeah <laughs> my way or the highway oh there you go there you, that's right it can be my way or the highway yeah I prefer the highway Jesus say you will serve exactly and we literally make that choice every single day multiple times a day it's really kind of scary when you think about how many times a day you are making that choice um, sadly, mostly not consciously, but we are. Every single choice and decision that we make, it's choosing who we're going to serve. It's kind of a sobering thought, but it's a thought we all need to have. Every single choice and decision is choosing who you're going to serve and what path you're going to be on. And I think that's pretty much what this was about. So, I think that wraps it up for us, guys. We did excellent on time. I'm very surprised. I thought we would 
we have a drone. <laughs> but, um, I hope y'all enjoyed this. I, I, I apologize for any of our little mishaps with technology and such. We will hopefully get better as we get more used to this. This is new for us, too. Um, I will um, upload this to the podcast for anybody that um, would prefer that format. It will be there. Um, and I, of course, will put the link on the group like I always do. And if y'all have any further comments, questions, anything that you think of that you'd like to add to this, um, you can, once again, um, you can message me. You can message Sierra. Um, or you can send it to the email. Again, that is leaving it at his feet every day at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. Um we both really want to hear what you have to say. We do. We do. That That's the best part of these kind of Bible studies for me, is being able to learn from other people's thoughts and their perspectives. Um, I want us all to learn together on this. I think it's just, um, to me, it's one of the best things about God's Word is how He speaks to each and every person differently through it. And you can learn so much more when you share that with other people. Um, so I just love that. So in closing, this week, um, we're going to cover chapter 2. So everybody, be sure to read chapter 2. It's only 12 verses, once again, so it should be able to be easily done. Um, again, I recommend take one to two verses a day, read them through, think about them, meditate on them, pray over them, um, internalize them, um, take notes. On, on what you think immediately, on what questions come to mind, what thoughts strike you or give you pause. Um, pray over that. Try to apply it to yourself. Ask, what does this teach me about God? You know, what does this teach me about my relationship with Him? Um, and then anything that you feel free or, or comfortable with sharing with us, please do. Once again, message me, message Sierra. Um, send it through the email, however you want to do it, so that we can actually discuss it together in the next study. Or if you want, wait until the study goes live and, and share it then, however you wish. Um, and if you have anything that you want to ask or share anonymously, you feel free to do that too. And just make sure that you add in your message that you want it to be anonymous or that you don't want it shared at all with the group. That is just something that you privately wanted to ask or share with us. Um, I absolutely respect that. No problem. So, um, unless there's anything else, let me check one more time. Make sure there was nothing else that y'all had to share. And I don't see anything else. So, we are going to bid y'all goodbye. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And thank you so much for being here with us. Bye, everybody. <laughs>